In these uncertain days, there is a person who offers peace. His name is Jesus. People from all walks of life are gathering in his house to hear from him. It's time for you to join the movement. Acts chapter 28, I'm so glad we are turning to this passage of Scripture. We are talking about joining the movement together, and we've been following. Hey, Russ, good to see you this morning, man. I, I just, just got squirrel out of the corner of my eye right there for a moment. Uh, but we are together in, in the last chapter of the book of Acts. We've spent the last two falls of our time together. And uh, last year, we spent chapters 1 through 12 in the fall joining the movement of God. This church that began on the day of Pentecost began to move, and we have been moving with them. And then this fall, chapters 13, now into chapter 20. And today we come to this moment. Now, last week, if you're here, didn't Pastor Chris knock it out of the park? Didn't he knock it out of the park? Let's give the Lord a hand for that. He just knocked it out of the park. I mean, it, it was good all the way in Africa, and I got to watch part of it on Sunday evening over there together. And so he set the scene for us, and he said to us last week how that even when you're in a storm, that God is moving and God does great things. If you remember the context of that message, how that Paul had gotten in a boat with 274 other people and they began to make their way. Paul said, don't go now because there's going to be a storm. And boy, they were in the storm. But that God's grace and mercy was so great. I want you to go. I know you're in 28, but go back to 27 with me for a moment. Down to verse 22. They'd been in the storm all these days, at least 14. And Paul stood up in the middle of them. And verse 22 said, Yet now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For this very night there stood before me an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said, do not be afraid. Having read through the first five books of the law this week over and over and over again, the thing that God said the most was don't be afraid to his people. Now listen to this. The Bible says here, don't be afraid. Paul, you must stand before Caesar and behold, God has granted you. Now here's his kindness. All those who sail with you. So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I've been told. Now go down to verse 44, and the, and note the rest on planks or on pieces of the ship. And so it was, this is Dr. Luke recording this under God's anointing, we were all brought safely to land. Today, what I want to talk with you about is the unusual kindness of God that's been in every generation. You say, what do you mean? Look with me in chapter 28 and verse 1. After we were brought safely through, we then learned that the island was called Malta. We'll talk more about that in a moment, a place of rescue. The native people, the ESV says, showed us, here it is, here it is, here it is. You might want to even underline it, unusual kindness. I want to ask you, in your life, have you ever experienced unusual kindness? I want to tell you, our God is a God who is, 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 is explicitly working in unusual kindness. Here's a reference to write down. Psalm 145, verses 17 through 19. Hear the word of the Lord. The Lord is righteous in all his ways. He's kind in all his works. The Lord is near to those who call on him, to all who call on him in the truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. As it comes on the screen, I want you to say it with me. I'm going to, here it is. It's already there. Say it out loud with me. God is, say it one more time. God is kind. There's no one that compares to who he is. The Bible says that when they came ashore, do you see them? 275 souls. 
As they came ashore on the island of Malta, I picture that in my mind's eye, I picture them, they're soaked. They're exhausted. They have not had anything to eat except the last few pieces of bread that Paul prayed over, and they separated them, and they, they're there. Some of them are hanging on to pieces of the ship because they can't swim. Some of them are in shock. Some of them are soaked to the bone, and they land, and all of a sudden as they get there, God is kind to them. The word kind is simply this in the Greek New Testament. It's to show affection, <clears throat> excuse me, to show affection to someone who's in a place of need. To show affection to somebody who's in a time of need. Have you ever been in a time of need? <clears throat> Have you ever been in your life in a place where that you need to say this, God help me? The Bible says in Psalm 136 and verse 1 these words, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his kindness endures forever. Now you say, Pastor, I want to say that, but, but right now God's just not kind to me. I was reading in the USA Today and how the children in Israel right now are staying in motels as they try to help reestablish them in their homes. And, it's, and they said this, that many of those kids have not slept a night since the disasters happened because they, they just cannot fathom that it won't happen again. And so there they are in the middle of the night, and they're wide-eyed when they should be asleep. And maybe you come here today that, that in your life you're saying, God, I want to say that you're kind, but I don't believe that you are. One of the great theologians of his day, R.C. Sproul, had something to say about the kindness of God. Here's what he said, and I quote, God's kindness and his goodness refer to both his character and his behavior. His actions proceed from and flow out of who he is. He acts according to what he is. So, so if we're saying today, God, you are not kind, friend, listen to me, listen to me. You're not talking about God. Listen to what R.C. Sproul wrote. He said, just as a corrupt tree cannot bear incorrupt fruit, neither can an incorrupt God produce corrupt fruit. Now, as human beings, it stands to reason, and I continue to quote, we encounter affliction, we encounter misery, injustice, and a host of evils. Yet God... In his goodness, transcends. Now listen, he transcends all of these things and he works them out for our good. So as we think about that today, for the Christian, we must say this, there are ultimately no tragedies with God. So when those 275 souls came, it is a picture for us of our lives. It is a reminder to us there will be some moments in your life when you'll come and you'll, you'll be soaked to the bone. There'll be moments when you will not understand things, but two weeks ago, I, I reminded you of something that I'll tell you in a moment, but I want to tell you this really quickly first. God's people are also to be kind. Not only, listen to this, not only, not only does, is God kind to us, but we are to be kind to others. But here's the problem. If you get messed up in your life, you won't do that. Two weeks ago, I said this, God uses all kinds of circumstances to further the kingdom of God. Paul went into prison in chapter 22. He stayed in prison two years, and God furthered his life. And he's about to do it now. But let me ask you, do you believe God is kind? Let me ask you, are you kind? I, I tried on the plane to, to think about God's kindness throughout the generations. I came across Ephesians 2 and 7, where Paul said these words, so that in the coming ages that he might show immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us. It is for by grace we've been saved through faith. So think about not only in the first century, but throughout all the centuries, those who believe in God, he shows kindness. 
So I want to tell you today that if you have lost heart and don't believe in the kindness of God, today, friend, listen to me, you cannot give what you don't believe. You say, what do you mean? Look at 1 Peter 4 and 9. The Bible says, be hospitable to one another. Without, what does it say? <laughs> that's, that's a hard moment because if you are in a place, now think about this, when if you are in a place where you're struggling, so, so let me ask you, what place are you in? I think that there, there are at least four different places that you could be in this morning. Some of you are just absolutely rejoicing today. You are excited about the goodness of God. You're a Genesis 18, 14 per person. Is there anything too wonderful for God? If that's you today, you are in a good place with God, and I pray that you're kind to others. Others of you today may be just absolutely run to death. Anybody? You are just absolutely, you are producing at a maximum effort. I mean, uh, the machine of your life is producing. Every time you turn around, you are going from one event to the next event. You're going from one person to another. You're just moving. And the truth of the matter is today is this, that you may be producing things that are not bringing the kindness of God. You may be so busy, and I know I've been in that in my life before. I've been so busy that, Brother Danny, I couldn't even celebrate a moment because I'm already, I finished that assignment, and people are being say, hey, let's rejoice. Like, I can't rejoice because I've got to be over here in 10 minutes. Anybody else? I, I, I want to celebrate God and, and His kindness to me. And then God comes and He says in a moment, I'm going to put you in a storm because I want you to slow down. Some of you, it's not that you're rejoicing and that you're not run down. Some of you are in a rut. You know what a rut is, don't you? It's where that you just kind of get down and, and a path, you're going through that path, and you're, you're Laodicea, and in Revelation chapter 3, 14 through 19, you're neither hot for God or you're neither refreshing for God. You're just, you're just kind of lukewarm with God, and today He's brought you here to this house, and I want to tell you this today, that God has been kind to you in your rut. But God wants to bring you to an island. He wants to bring you to an island for just you and him that you can get out of the rut. Now, some of you, it's not that you're rejoicing. Some of you are not that, that you're running on empty or you're in a rut. Some of you today, I believe this with all my heart, that some of you are really riding out the toughest storm of your life. Some of you are riding out the toughest storm of your life. And my heart goes out to you. Can I invite you to go with me today to an island? Can I invite you to get away from me for just a few moments? You see, one of the things that's coming on the screen, one of the things that distinguishes the true church from every other group was this, that the movement that had moved them, it moved them to a lifestyle of kindness. But listen, only the group that's rejoicing can do this. Others have to walk through running out of energy. You have to walk through your rut. You're going to have to walk through this the toughest storm of your life. You're going to have to come to a place that you can do it again. You say, Pastor, is God really that kind? Do you understand with me today that when we talk about the unusual kindness of God, it's not so that you would hoard it. It's not so that you would hold on to it. But it was so that you would extend it to other people. And all I want to do today, all I want to do with you today is this is I want to reveal to you God's kindness. And then I want to ask you to start being kind if you're not. And if you are, to be kind even more so, to remember the why of what you're doing. So let's first of all be revealed. Let me be revealed with you. You see, in the days of the early church, God positioned them. And God's trying to position us. And so here's what it says again, back in chapter 28, again, verse 1. After we were brought safely through... We learn that the island is called Malta. If you go today off the coast of Italy, it's called St. Paul's Bay. It's 17 miles long. It is 9 miles wide. The name Malta means a place of refuge. 
I see them as they're coming up on the bank. The Bible says here, Dr. Luke records here, that the, these natives, the King James Version of the Bible calls them barbarians. Now, I don't know about you, but if somebody helps me, I'm not going to call them a barbarian. What they were simply saying is this, these were non-Greek-speaking people, so if you didn't speak Greek, it meant you were uneducated. So they call them barbarians because, the, watch, they are off the beaten path, they were looked over as people. They, they were considered as outcasts of society. But in this moment, something amazing happened. So much so that God anoints Dr. Luke, who was with them, to write these words. These people cared for us in extraordinary ways. Four simple questions to ask you this morning. I just trust that you're with me in the sermon. Only the Holy Spirit can bring this together for us. Number one is this. Are you a kind person? Yes, no, maybe sometimes. Maybe not. The people on Malta were not believers. At this moment, they were not believers in Christ, but, but as they looked out, they saw these people. I don't know if they, Jimmy, if they, if they saw them that night where the, the ship had anchored down, as Pastor Chris talked about, and they, they set it out for the night in the morning. They, hoist, they hoisted the sail. They pulled up the anchor as they made for sure. I don't know if they saw them breaking up or if it just all of a sudden they, somebody ran and said, hey, there's people out there but their morality kicked in. They said, we have to do something. So they were humanitarian in their aid. They came and they brought them blankets probably, and they began to build a fire to warm them. It was all that they could do. I want to ask you today, what are you doing? What are we doing with the life that we've given? Aesop said this in one of his fables, no act of kindness, no matter how small, is ever wasted by God. The writer of Proverbs chapter 3, verses 27 and 28 says this, Do not withhold good within your hand to someone is due. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come again, and tomorrow I will give it when you have it within you. Can I say to you today, thank you for those of you that are kind? Now these people who were not even believers, John MacArthur said this, that one aspect of God's general revelation is this, that he puts in the hearts of all people, saved or not, all cultures, some morally rights and wrongs. And there are just some things, friend, that I want to tell you today that you and I should do just because we're alive. But here's the problem. If you are in a rut or if you're running or if you're in the greatest storm of your life, you can't even help someone else because you're holding on yourself. So I want to say to those of you in that group today, let go of what you're holding on to. Let go, and Ephesians 4 and 31, be kind, tenderhearted to one another. Not for your glory, but for God. So here were these people, and they, they came, and they did what they could do. And can I say this to you, that we as a church can do better than that. I want you to know that as a church, that, that we give almost 20% of our income away to other places, locally, nationally, and globally. We are everywhere at every moment. Some, someone asked me in kindness on Friday night, why in the world did you fly all the way back and not go to bed? Why, didn't you, why did you come up here on Friday night? Like, how could I not? How can I not do this because of the kindness of God? That God would release into us 70 young souls, and many of them are teenagers who have never heard the gospel, or they're just now coming. They did not even, do you know this, on Friday night, they did not even know how to worship. 
As the first song began, they were still talking, and Dylan didn't know what to do leading the worship. He didn't know what, he just kept on singing. And, he, and I said after, I said, man, next time just stop and, and, and engage them. The second song, they were, still, they, were, they were still just talking. They thought they were at a concert. Now, now watch this. I could have been mad and said, what's wrong with you people? But my heart went out. And we did what we could do in that moment. We will teach them. We are teaching them. But we have to start where they are. And the people of Malta didn't know Jesus. But there's, as Ecclesiastes 3 says, there was a hole in their heart. And they knew to do right. That's why the people in our city that today are not murdering people. Because even though they may not know Jesus, there's, there's part of God in them. And so it is our joy and our responsibility to go to them and help them to get stronger than that. The Bible says in, in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10, do good unto all people, especially the people of God. So let me ask you this second question. What are your hands attached to? Are you kind? Yes, no, sometimes maybe. But what are your hands attached to? You say, what do you mean? Everybody can do something. In verse number 3, the Bible said this, when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and he put them on the fire. Paul did not just come like many of us would do, and I'm, I'm wet, I'm, I'm soaking, y'all need to serve me, complaining. You know, we have people who are complainers, amen, no matter. It's always about what people are doing to them. And, and if that's you today, I love you and the Lord, I'm praying for you, but I wouldn't be in your tribe. I wouldn't be in your tribe at all because you're missing the joy of giving. But God's going to change your heart. I know that. He changed my heart. So Paul did what he could do. So Paul's like, I'm not going to sit here and just let everybody else do it. So he got up. He got involved. And so listen to me what, what the Bible says here. Then a viper came out. Now, I don't know about you, but I would have died in that moment. A viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. Now, in this moment, as I've read this many times together, did Paul rejoice? No. Was he so busy he didn't know he was attached to this? I'm sure he knew it. If he'd been in a rut, he was out of the rut. And this was a moment in his life of challenge. You see, I want you to hear this. Warren Worsby in his commentary on this said this, when the viper came out, he was a weapon of Satan to get Paul out of the way. Now listen to this. The storm did not drown him, but a hidden trap might catch him. As Christians, we must constantly be alert for either the serpent or the lion will attack us. See, the devil is always wanting to be king of this world, and he's always wanting to get Jesus off the throne of your heart. So I want to ask you this today, what have you attached yourself to? In this moment, the, the people of Malta saw this. Look at the, what the Bible says. They, they saw this in verse 4, and they saw the creature hanging from his hand, and they said one to another, no doubt this man is a murderer. Though he escaped from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. Now, in this moment, let me ask you this. What are you attached to? Are you attached to things that better you in your walk with God, that keep you rejoicing? I, I know this. God's been good to me. And because he's been good to me, the reason that, that my glass is always, Bruce, is half full instead of half empty, you know that deal? It's because I'm around rejoicing people, people that have cancer that are rejoicing in God's healing, people that go through difficulties and loss but know God has a purpose that he's positioning, people that live their lives refusing to allow the trials and the tribulations to rob them of the joy of God in their life. So what are you attached to? Some of you, let me say this, this is the ouch moment of the sermon. Look at each other and say, it's going to hurt. This is the ouch moment. 
Some of you have attached yourself to things, and because of that, you can't give. You say, what do you mean? In Deuteronomy chapter 16 and verse 14, it says that as you have been blessed, you should bless others. But you see, if I've given, taken everything for me, I have nothing to bless with. Now, this is the problem in the American church. This is the problem with the younger generations because the, the older generations of our church, they, they have no problem with being kind and giving. You say, how do you know? Do you look at our first offering every, every month? It is the highest one. You say, well, how is that can be? I'll tell you why. It's because the senior adults get their once a month check that time, and the first thing they do is they give. But the rest of the month, what ends up happening is this, is that people struggle with being kind. Here's why. I want to be kind. Have you ever said that? If I ever get in a position to be kind, I will. Anybody? Come on now. But you never get in that position because all of your life has been lived in the consumption side of your life. So can I encourage you that one of your goals in 224 should be as this, is to get out of debt. That one of your goals in 2024 should be to rearrange your life to live by a 10, 70, 20 principle. The 10 is this, that the first tenth belongs to God. It's not yours, and you say, I, I can't afford to tithe. You can't afford not to. If you'll start tithing with God, you'll find out that the 90% is enough, that you get on a 10, 70, 20 principle. 10% that you would tithe, 20% that you would put in savings so that you could be kind, and then 70% in the consumption of all that God has for you to do in your life. You see, Paul did what he could do in that moment, and the enemy came and attached him. But here's what the Bible says in verse number 5, that Paul simply shook it off. Wow! I, do you get that? He just shook it off, and he continued on. You see, the devil, if you think about this, Paul still had two-thirds of the New Testament to write. And so the devil, in his, in his, listen, in his plan, i got to keep this man from writing down what he knows. And for you today, some of the greatest opportunities of your life are still waiting for you, but you're going to have to, do, you're going to, have to come to a core value life. And unless you come to a core value life, you're going to continue circling the wagons. You're going to continue to do what you're doing. And I think that you'll come to a moment someday that you'll think that you've affected others, but because of what you've been attached to. You see, I, I, I want to be out here preaching until God takes me home. That's why I don't eat every sweet that there is out there. Because if I weigh 300 pounds, I can't preach when I'm 75. That's why that I don't smoke, I don't drink. That's why I've been married to the same woman almost 32 years. Is right, Brother Rick? Because we want to live our rest of our days doing what we are called to. I don't want to be prideful. I don't want to be a person that lives my life, does things, and in, in the blindness of my heart, just doing it so I could get accolades. Paul shook it off. And I want to tell you today, shake off the things in your life that are, you are attached to that are robbing you. Now, that ouch, didn't it? I'm moving beyond the ouch. The Bible says, now notice with me in verse number 6, they were waiting for him to swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But when they had waited a long time and saw no misfortune come to him, they changed their minds and they said he's God. Now, think about this for a moment. Are you kind? Number two, what are your hands attached to? Number three, what are you afraid of? You say, what do you mean, what are you afraid of? The Bible tells us in Proverbs 11 and 24, there's one who gives freely, yet grows all the richer. There's another who withholds what he should give, and he only suffers want. So Paul made the decision that if it hurt, it hurt, he was still going to go on. 
I met a person in the line as we were going through Ethiopia. We thought we had more time than we did. We got through the line. Henry and I and Kelly did. So, so we all took a turn at the bathroom. I was getting ready to text Sherry and say, hey, we made it alive to Ethiopia on our way home. And they, they called for us to get on the plane. And there was, the, there was a guy in front of me. I, somehow we ended up in the very back of the line. And there, there was a guy who was there that, that in his life had been hurt. He's a pastor. He no longer is even in the ministry. He said this, Brother Jimmy, to me. He said, sir, my family's been damaged beyond repair. I'll never go back to church. This man has two degrees. And I looked at him and I said, sir, I want to tell you this. God has not failed you. And the true church will not fail you, but it's been the apostates that have bitten you. And I want to tell you this in this room today, that some of you have been bitten in other churches, and you know what? you got to shake it off. If I didn't give to people because I had this mentality, well, everybody's a crook, I never would do anything. If I assumed everybody was going to be like the one or two, listen to me, in Jackson First Baptist Church, 98, if not 99% of the people are the best people that you'll meet all around the world. You said, now you didn't say 100. I wanted you to know the truth. I'm not looking at anybody right now. But hear this, and it may be me. But I don't let the small percentage rob me of the joy of all of you. Because when I came here, it was not 98, 99%. It was a lot worse. But God has done the great work in your life and through your life. So I want to say this to you today. Quit being afraid. Quit being afraid to become a part of what God wants to do in your life and in the future. Now listen to me. Paul in this moment understood something. That God does his greatest work in times that seem crazy. You say, what do you mean? This is a story that we often read through and go on beyond, and we miss about what's about to come. Verse 7, now in the neighborhood of that place were lands belonging to the chief man of the island, a man named Publius. Most believe Swindoll said that, that he was a man from Rome who owned an estate. He was very wealthy. Now listen to this. He received us and entertained us hospitably for three days. So they got out of the rain. I don't know if it was Paul's group or if it was all 275. I just know that he cared for them. And then verse 8 says, it happened. I love this. When you are kind, when you're attached to God and the right thing, when you're not afraid and progress with God, now listen to this, God's going to do something amazing. Here's the amazing. It happened that the father of Publius lay sick with fever and dysentery. You need to know this. Dysentery will kill you. If it is not treated, you will die. Much of Africa dies because of dysentery. Now listen to this. The Bible says, and Paul visited him. He wasn't afraid. He prayed. He put his hands on him, and he healed him. Now, in this moment, Paul is on a ship, but God cares enough in his kindness for a man who's going to get dysentery on an island called Malta, 17 miles long, 9 miles wide. And Paul says, God cared enough for this man that he sent the apostle to him. God cared enough about you that he sent Jesus Christ to you and to me. He loves us. He's that kind. And the Bible says when this had taken place, the rest of the people on the island who were diseased also came and were cured. Now watch this. He personally cared. He prayed, and he laid his hands on him. Now here's the part that I think that most of us don't know simply because we're not students of history. Church history records that there was a church birth that day on the island of Malta. 
And Publius became the pastor of the church, and revival broke out on that small island, all because lost people showed kindness because they were going to receive kindness. Now watch, sometimes you got to be kind before you receive kindness. you gotta, you got to be kind before you can receive kindness. You know what the Bible says in Proverbs? That if our ways please the Lord, he will even make our enemies at peace with us. So we come to this moment in time, and I ask you this last question, who will show kindness this week? Who in this room, as we enter this time of invitation in a moment, who will, will show kindness? Now watch, not what's on your list. We always do what's easy. It's easy for me on Sunday to smile. Anybody else? It's easy for me to pull out of my wallet and give. He's like, what? Because I'm in a place in my life by the grace and the mercy of God that it is, there's not a hindrance in our home. And whenever there's a need, I don't do this. I don't first of all say, well, what can Jackson First Baptist Church do? I simply say in our home, Sharon and I will say, what can we do? Because God has taught us this. That's not a problem. But I'll tell you what is a problem for me. It's a problem for me when people are just downright nasty. Anybody else? It's just downright nasty and continue to be so. But God has said, listen, said, Keith, be kind. And I have learned, Romans chapter 12, that you can absolutely wear someone down with kindness, if you will. And I've seen it happen so many times in, in my life. So there they were on this island, and for three months, it was heaven on earth. For three months, Paul had the reprieve from going on to Rome, and this church was exploding with growth. Can you imagine that? All because of the kindness of God. So let me ask you, as we're done, will you show kindness? Maybe today you're in the rut. Why don't you just, why don't you just this Thanksgiving season get out of the rut? And if you are in the worst storm of your life, I say this to you today. Isaiah 30 and 18 has become one of my favorite verses where it says that God is waiting to be kind to you. God is waiting to be kind to you. Don't stop now. Thank you for joining the movement. We hope that you would reach out to us at info at jacksonfbc.com with your questions and check out more of our ministries at jacksonfbc.com.